somebody came and told you about this miracle supplement. You ever heard those? Oh, you need to take more of this. It cures this. And you need to take some of this. And it fixes that. And I mean, it's crazy stuff. You know, my grandfather uh, passed away a couple years ago, but he swore that turpentine could fix everything. I mean, if you, if you broke your leg, just wrap it in a, in a cloth and wrap turpentine on it, and tomorrow it'll be better. I mean, he, and, and you know, uh, I think it's uh, my big frat, fat Greek wedding. They put Windex on everything. <laughs> Remember? You know, if you got a pimple, spray some Windex on it. It's miracle cures, supplements. You hear a lot of that kind of stuff, all right? Um, take this. It's going to regrow your hair. Uh, you know, this cures arthritis, this makes your nails stronger, this will make your teeth brighter. I mean, every kind of miracle cure that's out there. Think about how you felt when those symptoms came or you heard that. And what was the first thing you thought when you had a symptom pop up in your body? Now, usually the first thing that people think is grab the Tylenol, grab the, you know, the, the cold medicine, make an appointment for the doctor, you know, I need to go and do this. Most people automatically think that. How many of you be willing to admit that when a symptom shows up, the first thing you think of is the medicine cabinet or making an appointment at the doctor? And you know what? I'll be honest with you. I, 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 would, I would tell you that this, this series is all about healing, but this isn't going to be one of those kind of series where, where we condemn you for your, the first thing you think of is the medicine cabinet. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with the fact that people want to feel better immediately. I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all. I mean, who doesn't? When you have a headache, most people just want it to go away. And you, you, you can't rid it, get rid of your kids, so... <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> However, I do want to say to you today that even though doctors and medicine and vitamin supplements and all those things, listen, I believe those are gifts from God. I honestly do believe that, that God gives us a little peek behind the curtain, so to speak, when a doctor comes up with a cure for something. I believe that, that, that Tylenol, I believe that that originated in heaven. I really do. I think that everything that manifests itself that heals our bodies or makes us feel better, the only reason it can is because it originated from God himself anyway. And... Um, all those things are natural, and, and all those things are, are perfectly understandable, but I want to say to you that God actually has a lot to say about healing and our bodies getting better from the state they're in right now, and that we can actually grow to the point where God's will concerning this becomes our first alternative rather than our last alternative. Think about how many people you know that have tried everything and then they come back and say, well, I'm really going to need the church to pray for me because this isn't looking good. And there's, you know, again, nothing wrong with going to the medicine cabinet because you want to feel better. But listen, we should be turning to God's word and we should be turning to God's will on the matter. Now, healing is a big topic and um, it is something that we can know what God's will is and have that thing come into our lives. And it is relevant to today because it affects everybody in here. Uh, and, and, and everybody needs it from time to time. So the first thing we want to talk about today, Exodus chapter 15, is this. Sickness does not come from God. Ever. I'm going to say it again. Sickness 
does not come from God. Ever. <laughs> now, I, I grew up in a Pentecostal church in a Pentecostal um, denomination, and I had heard more than once that God will put sickness on people to, to teach them something. Anybody ever heard that? I had heard that. Uh, you know, you, you better not do that because, you know, God's going to make you, you know, God's going to strike you down because he's going to try and teach you something. And usually those people that are talking like that are, will actually quote Exodus chapter 15. And that's where we are right now. And so let's go there and look here in verse number 26. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and, God, uh, and, and God said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight... Give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. Now, here's where they get it from. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now, some people have read that scripture and actually quoted that scripture back to me and said, see, God made the Egyptians sick and he threatened Israel. Now, how many of you know that the King James Bible was... Translated a long time ago, long time ago, uh, and and there are a lot of Hebrew and Greek scholars who have actually pointed some some translate. I don't want to call them errors, but they basically said that the translation is sort of right, but not a hundred percent right, because they didn't understand, you know, the way the way the language is actually lay, lays out. And, and Dr. Robert Young is a, um, uh, he's the author of Young's Analytical Concordance of the Bible, and he actually made a point to, to say uh, there's, there are times in the Bible where the word put or brought, actually the Hebrew word there is supposed to be translated, literally translated to allow or to um, permit. And this is one of those cases now, if we go back and we reread this scripture using brought or, or, or excuse me, um, permit or allow, this takes on a whole different meaning. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will allow or permit none of the diseases on you, which I have allowed or permitted to be put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now that takes on a whole different meaning when you really understand that sickness never comes from God. Now if it doesn't come from God, it's got to be coming from one other place. <laughs> and that's the enemy, all right? Now if sickness comes from the enemy and comes from, from hell, <laughs> um, then that means that it doesn't have just free reign to do whatever it wants to us, especially those, come on, who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. But how many of you know Christians that get sick? So does that mean God's contradicting himself? What's, what's going on there? Um, sickness comes from us. Now, I'm talking about it on Christians. Sickness comes from us walking in some kind of disobedience in our lives. Now, some of you are like, wow, Brent, that's an awful bold statement. Okay, I want you to, I want you to go and look at the story of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were told by God themselves, 
He said, you can eat of every tree in this garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, y'all probably heard that story a million times, and uh, I'm pretty excited because the History Channel is getting ready to release um, the Bible. It's, a, it's like an epic miniseries that they spent millions of dollars to recreate, and I'm actually, it's coming out here in March, and I'm pretty excited about watching it. Um, but, I mean, some of us have seen those old movies where they showed the creation, you know, and, and they showed Adam and Eve, and, and you know, I had a, I had a, a picture by when I was a kid, and you know, I, I read those stories and had them taught to me in Sunday school, all right? But I want you to notice that what, what, the, what the consequence of their actions were. If you disobey, you will surely die, okay? That sounds a whole lot like what God was saying to the Israelites in the wilderness. He said, if you disobey, these sicknesses will be allowed to come upon you. And so what happened there? God told them that if you, do, if you go and you do what you're not supposed to do, then I can't protect you from what's trying to kill you. All right? Now, it's not like, again, it's not God putting it on you, but God can't bless us. Stressed out and suffering from it across this country on a daily basis. The moment that Adam and Eve sinned, God couldn't protect them anymore, and it was because of their disobedience that they weren't protected. I want to say this to you today. Out from under the protection of God is where sickness lives. Out from under the protection of God is where sickness lives. Um, In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse number 15, he says this. But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commandments and decrees I am giving you today... All of these curses will come on you and overwhelm you. And then he goes and lists a whole bunch of things that will come upon them. In verse 21 through 66. All right, so how much is that? Is that 45 verses? In 45 verses, God talks about sickness being one of those curses. And he gets specific and and he starts talking about pestilence and all those really gory Old Testament words that scare people to death, you know, pestilence and boils and all these, th- you know, these things, and your, 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 your skin will become like, you know, bubbling pus. I mean, it's just awful to hear. I mean, you want to read it, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's terrible. But notice, it's not because God is doing it, but it's because they're walking in disobedience. Now, let's talk about what disobedience is for a second, because there's a lot of people out there that are good people, and you say, well, you're going to tell me that, you know, so-and-so wasn't a good person, and, and it, listen, walking in unbelief is a form of disobedience. You know, you may, you may be doing what God's called you to do, but you don't believe it's God's will to heal, that's disbelief. So it's not like you got to be committing some horrible, because there are good people that are sick. There are good people that are facing things. My mom's here this morning, sitting on the back row back there. My mom got, got sick in the 70s with an incurable blood disease. Now, I could sit right here, and listen, she, it was incurable. Doctors still don't know a cure for it, okay? Now, I could sit here and tell you that, that my mom, you know, was my mom a horrible person? Was out, you know, disobeying God and doing whatever she wanted to do? No, my mom went to church every Sunday. She was very godly, very, you know, raised me in church. So it's not that diso- you know, disobedience has to be this big, horrible thing that makes people bad, but mom wasn't convinced that God heals either. 
until her belief system changed. Once she believed, she got in obedience to what God's word said, and she's sitting here today 30-some years later. It's when we get out from under what God is saying that sickness can have its free reign in our lives. All right? I've actually heard people say, you know, um, you better be careful. You're going to get over there and, and the devil's going to get you or, or God's going God's to strike you down. I heard that a lot. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. How many of you in here are parents? If you're parents, raise your hand. Okay. All right, the rest of you who are kids, <laughs> rest of you who are kids, answer this question. Uh, parents or kids can answer this. You ever heard somebody say, now, to their kids, or you got told this when you were a kid, don't do that or you're going to fall and get hurt? <laughs> both hands. I can sit down, lay on my back, lift up both feet. Okay. You better stop doing that. You're going to get hurt. You know, and next thing you know, they fall, bust their head open, got to go and get the stitches and... You know, I've got two, two scars right here on my face that, same thing, run around acting like a doofus. You know, that's why, that's why your parents tell you don't run in the house, because you're going to fall and hit a table or something. And sure enough, it happened. And um, now, 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 let me ask you this question. Who did the hurting to the kid when they fell into it? Did the parents hurt the kid? But now they said... Don't do that. You're, you're going to get hurt if you do that. You're, you're going to fall. I mean, you know, Jody's not here today. Jody's in, in Gainesville with her, with her, her dad. And um, she's always, she walks around like, you know, like if she could put pillows on the front of both boys and just let, you know, so they wouldn't fall. I mean, she's nervous wreck all the time around the house. She's like, oh, oh. And I'm like, look, they're boys. They're, one day we are going to go to the hospital and get stitches. It's going to happen it's just, if we don't, there's something wrong. We've pampered them. It's going to happen, okay? But now listen, that doesn't mean that we don't care about them. That doesn't mean we don't love them. That doesn't mean that we don't, you know, we, we're, we're not, uh, uh, my, my, my perfect will for them would be to never have to go to the hospital. But sometimes my boys aren't going to listen to me. My two-year-old just turned two just a few days ago. He doesn't listen to us. No is not in his vocabulary yet. You can just be like, no, 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 no. Get down off of the high chair. You're climbing. Climbs up, stands in his high chair like this. Look at me, everybody. Now, is it me that's making him fall and hurt himself, or is it the fact that he did what he wasn't supposed to do? You see what I'm saying? And see, that's what these warnings are. When God's talking to these people, he was like, don't go out there and do that kind of stuff. Why? It's not a threat. It's a warning that you're getting out there where I can't do anything for you. If I'm across the room and Peyton falls off of his, of his high chair, there's nothing I can do. I'm not the flash. I'm a lot faster than I used to be, but I'm not the flash. <laughs> I'm just not going to make it there. There's nothing I can do about that. And this is what God is saying here. All right, in Acts chapter 10, verse number 38, says, says these words, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Now check this out. Who, talking about Jesus, went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now notice right there, it didn't say that he healed only those he felt like healing that day. 
It's not like he walked through town. He was like, okay, I like you, but I don't like you. So you're healed. You're going to have to lay there another 50 years. It, it, it's not what happened. It's not like he walked up, you know, these people that were, they were brought to him. It's not like he was like, okay, I'm going to now move on this whole crowd except for you. You're done. You're just going to have to sit there. You know, I'll see you in a few days. You're going to heaven in a few days. So it's not like that. The Bible says that he healed all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now listen, if we use the old theology that sickness can come from God, then if you read this, God is somewhat schizophrenic. Because if Jesus is there and God is with him and they're healing all that were oppressed of the devil, then he would be working against himself. Come on, somebody. But God isn't schizophrenic. Healing is God's will for our lives. Some of you are already like, I don't know about that, Brent. Can you really tell me what God's will is? If it's in the Bible, it's God's will. Healing is God's will for our lives. Has anybody ever heard the saying, you know, when somebody prays, Lord, heal me, if it's your will, let me be healed. Anybody ever heard somebody pray that way? All right. Let me ask you this. Did you pray to get saved that way? Lord, save me if it's your will. Then why do we place that on other things, all right? The same way that we get saved is the same way that we get healed, all right? Now, we don't pray, Lord, save me if it be your will. No, we say, Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God, and I believe God raised you from the dead. And we, you know that when you pray that, you're now saved, but the thing is, is some people can't, they just can't bring themselves to say, Jesus, I know that by your stripes I'm healed, so I believe that you're the healer in my life, and I'm now healed. Some people can't say that, and so it's almost like they don't want to take advantage of God because they think that by saying that, they are. Okay? We have to believe that it's God's will to heal as much as we believe that it's God's will to say, save. Excuse me. And then we have to pray the same way. The same way we pray to get saved is the same way we have to pray to get healed. All right? Healing is just as much an act of faith as being saved is. We believe that it's God's will that everyone who asks will be saved. Now we have to believe that it's God's will that if anyone asks, they will be healed. Okay? Now I heard Brother Hagin say this one time. Kenneth Hagin was the man that formed the organization that I'm ordained through, and I got, had the privilege of working for him for a number of years, he actually said this, faith begins where the will of God is known. That you can't believe something is really God's will until you know it for yourself. You can't, you can't believe it. Somebody can tell you that, and you can kind of have faith in their words, but it really doesn't work until it's really faith in God's words. All right? Now, this says to me that we sometimes don't believe that healing is 100% God's will. How can we be sure that it's God's will to heal? I'm going to give you three quick points, and then we're going to wrap it up today. Number one, Jesus took our sickness. Matthew chapter 8, verse number 17 says, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. First Peter chapter 2, verse number 24 says, 
who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, might live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you are healed. And I'm going to ask you this question today. Are you an hour? Are you an hour? hour? How many of you, when you say, what do you mean, Brandon, a unit of time? No, I'm saying hour, like you and me, hour. Are you an hour? If he took our sicknesses, are you one of those hours? Because if you are, then you can replace the hour with mine. Okay? Who himself uh, bear my sins in his own body on the tree, that me, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes I was healed. It completely takes on a, a different meaning, all right? This means that I don't have to keep the sickness because Jesus, come on somebody, already took it. That ought to make somebody happy in here. Jesus already took the way you feel. He already took the sickness. He already took your pain. He already took all that stuff. He already took it. You don't have to have it. If you're keeping it, it's because you're hanging on to it. Jesus already took it. Right? Number two, Jesus never refused to heal anybody. When Jesus was here on the earth, there's not one time where they brought people to him and he was like, nope, nope, I'm trying to teach them something. (laughs) That never happened. It never happened. There was not one place in the Bible where Jesus didn't heal somebody because he didn't want to. Now, there is a part in Mark chapter 6, and I want everybody, if you've got your Bibles, to turn there. Mark chapter 6, I want everybody to see this, because this is the place where Jesus didn't heal everybody. And everybody's like, aha, I knew it. In Mark chapter 6, verse number 1. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused Now catch this, refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told him, told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own his own hometown and among his relatives in his own family. And because of their unbelief, check that right there, and because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sickly folk and heal them. Verse number six, and this is unbelievable right here. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Now notice nowhere in that scriptures that we just read, nowhere does it say Jesus wouldn't heal them. It says that he couldn't heal them. And I went back and studied some Greek and Hebrew to make sure that that's not one of those times where they, they maybe got the translation just a little bit off. And it actually, mean, it actually means he was bound to not be able to do anything. Now we're talking about Jesus, the Lord, the one that we all have the romantic images of, the, 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 you know, just these really awesome, I mean, and it's just, oh, it's so, I mean, he's the Lord. You know, we have him in in the white horse and the, you know, he was still bound by their unbelief. He was not able to move among them that day and do 
what he wanted to do. People didn't get healed that day because they didn't believe that Jesus could heal them. All right? This is the same thing causing people to not get healed today. They don't believe that it, for sure it's God's will. But those who did believe, it's a much different story. Jesus healed all of them. Luke 18, 41, he, uh, the story of the lady with the issue of blood, saying, what do you want me to do for you? He said, uh, excuse me, this is the story of, the, of blind, blind Bartimaeus. He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith, check that out, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Matthew chapter 9, verse number 22. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, this is the lady with the issue of blood, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Both of these use that saying, your faith has made you well. Now listen, if, if the disbelief bound Jesus and kept him from doing something in their life. Look what happened when people did have faith. And this is just two examples of of tons of stories in, in the Gospels where Jesus healed people. Why? Because they chose to believe that he could and he would. Anyone ever brought to Jesus in faith, he was able to heal them. And he did it willingly. All right? Number three. He gave us his power to minister healing. Now, some of you are sitting there thinking, me? Yeah. Every person that's a believer. Mark chapter 16, verse number 15 says this, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. All right? Now check this out. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. All right, now now everything he's getting ready to say qualifies to everybody that that confesses that he's Lord. All right? They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. Check this out. This is the part we're talking about right here. They. How many of you are a they? (laughs) they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. This is the, listen, you are one of God's access points here on the earth. He can't go and just dump his power on, on the earth and expect everything to just happen. He has to move through us. And we are the access points here, all right? We are believers and we as believers have been given the authority and the power from the Lord himself to lay our hands on sick people and see them get well we who have received his saving power in our lives are now the carriers of that same power that created the world come on the same power that raised Jesus from the dead it's the same power that saved us it's the same power that heals us Romans chapter 8, verse number 11 says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit. Check this out. Who dwells, come on, in you. 
Now that same spirit is the same one in Genesis chapter 1 and, 1 and 2. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. This is the same spirit that now lives in you as a believer. It's the same spirit that heals people. The power can flow from us when we lay our hands on the sick, and that same power is what heals other people. Now, why would God demonstrate these things and tell us that we can do these things if healing wasn't his will for everyone else? Would that mean, well, well, Brent, maybe then, maybe, you know, maybe he just decided to do that, you know, for some and, and just not going to do it for everybody. Then that means his kingdom is divided. If, if he does it for some and he does it for some and does it for some and doesn't, then that means that his kingdom isn't working in unity. And in Mark chapter 3, verse number 24, he actually says these words, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. How many of y'all know the kingdom of God is standing today? That means it's not divided. So that, that's not the answer. Okay, well, maybe that he, okay, he does it for some, and there's just no guarantee for everybody. You, know, you just kind of have to, it's like playing the lottery. You might win, and, and you might not. It's, it's like rolling the dice. Okay, uh, come on, daddy needs a healing today. You, you, you might get it, and oh, you just, you just don't know. No, no, if that's the case, then he respects other people more than he respects you. Acts chapter 10, verse 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Listen, if he wants to heal one person, then he has to heal everybody. So that's not, the, that's not it. Well, maybe it was just different back in those days, Brent. It was different in the Bible days. You know, they didn't have all the toxins and stuff that we have in the environment today. And, you know, they didn't have factories pumping out big black smoke. And, you know, they didn't live under power lines. And, well, you know, it was different back then. You know, it was just, it was different. It was easy for him to heal those kind of people. And, you know, it's a little different now that we got all these super genes and all this, you know. Malachi chapter 3, verse number 6 says, I am the Lord and I do not change. That, that is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, it is God's will to heal, and that's why he gave it to us. He doesn't change. He didn't change today because it was, it's easier or, or it's harder. Listen, God's will is for you to be healed, for me to be healed, the person sitting next to you healed, your grandma healed, your dog healed everybody healed god with god's will is for us to walk in healing today and he doesn't change his will in the old testament is the same will that he has today he wants to be the lord that heals you 